Got so many strongest soldiers, so it's never over Even if you need someone to hold you to keep your composure Even on the days you're moving slower and can't seem to focus You were meant for greatness and you know it, you just gotta show it Know you questioned life a couple times, but it's okay you growing Know you gotta read between the lines, but it's okay you on it Know you got some people in your life that's gonna make you want it Know you got some people by your side when you look into their eyes All you ever do is smile cause they make you worth it Already know this life ain't perfect, but you gotta work it Welcome kings and queens to One Sick B Podcast. I am your host, Certified One Sick B. Here at One Sick B, we don't cry, we thrive, we don't whine, we whine. Shout out to Black Girl Magic Moscato and Barefoot Moscato. The definition of One Sick B is a strong individual that faces or fights unimaginable, undeniable, courageous battles that life throws at you without warning, but you refuse to carry the spirit of brokenness. Today, I am blessed with a beautiful guest all the way from UK. Her name is Terry. Boy, she's bad. She is an MS advocate. She has an author of a book, and she says, let's talk with MS. Welcome, Terry. How are you today? I'm okay. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Well, let's get into it. Terry, COVID has been different for everybody. It's had highs and lows, goods and good things, bad things. How has COVID treated you and how did over there, uh, the different stipulations and regulations, how was it over there in UK versus America? Um, COVID has been okay. So I've been working from home since March, 2020, which for me is crazy because I'm used to going into the office day in, day out. So I've been working from home. Luckily, I was one of the few that was still able to get their medication during okay. this period because um, I go into the hospital once a month. Um, Outside of that, touch wood, I haven't had COVID, so I'm just hoping I don't get COVID and I'm doing yeah. everything in my power not yeah. to even be around that. But um, it's been okay. It's been different because it's almost like our new normal, but um, it's been okay for the most part. Okay, all right. Well, Terry was diagnosed five years ago with MS and I want her to begin and start to share her story. Terry, where did you, wait, excuse me, when did you get diagnosed and what was the process of getting diagnosed? And if you had any symptoms prior to your diagnosis, go ahead and share your story. Let's go. Okay. So I got diagnosed on the 9th of March, 2016. And, um, my symptoms started near enough exactly a year before. So I remember waking up one morning and I had pins and needles in both um, foot bottoms. And as you can appreciate, pins and needles for maybe 20 seconds is crazy. Like, ouch. Yeah. <laughs> I, I had alone. those with my legs all day, so I understand what you're saying. Yeah, let alone um, constantly. And obviously at the time, I wasn't aware of what was happening and that was the march uh, fast forward to the july i still had them in my left leg but not my right okay. um so i thought okay cool i need to i need to see my gp i need to know what's going on someone needs to tell me something because i was going i felt like i was going crazy because pins and needles as much as it's just a feeling it affects so much including your balance so I was just so confused. So luckily, and I know it sounds really bad to say it, but my GP kind of let me have what I wanted. She didn't really question the things I was asking for because in the background, I was doing like a lot of research because I couldn't understand what was happening. However, 
I knew I needed something to kind of ease the pain because it was painful. Yeah. Um, and I remember going to her, I requested a particular muscle relaxer and we done like a little neurological test and she referred me for some MRIs and to further neuro- neurologists. And um, yeah, the process kind of begun there. In the December of that year, I had an MRI at one hospital. Um, I won't say the hospital because I don't like right. it. <laughs> and um, they promised me that if they found anything on my MRI, they would let me know. Um, they said, whether it be a phone call, whether they call me in, they'll let me know straight away. And they didn't. So that was the December 2015. So the January, I was supposed to have um, an appointment at the hospital. And because they cancelled, I just assumed that, you know what, I was fine. Everything the was same okay. way, Right. So the same way my right leg corrected itself, I just assumed in time, my left leg would do the same. Right. I was mistaken. And um, the February 2016, things were still progressing. I was going back to my GP more often because the muscle relaxer that I had requested then, I felt like it had stopped working. But I didn't realise it stopped working because I was now having relapses. But because I didn't know there was anything wrong with me, I didn't realise I was relapsing. So those tablets then wasn't strong enough for what my body was fighting at that time. Wow. And, and she tried her best. She did obviously give me what I requested. And we had so many different conversations because she thought it could have been so many different things. And we was both in limbo because the MRI, nothing was disclosed. Nothing was said to me. Um, and then the March, so my brother's birthday was on the 6th of March, and that was also going to be Mother's Day. It was a Sunday. And from in the week, I caught the flu. And I feel like if they had told me I had MS, I would have stayed home. I would have just recovered and, you know, done the sensible thing. Yes. But because I didn't know I'm a bit of a busybody, I was still traveling to work and I was commuting. So I'm on the tube in the office and reverse picking up my son um and I wore my I literally wore my body down so the Friday I felt like crap um the Saturday I was on the phone to my friend Rochelle and I was supposed to be bringing some flowers for her mum for Mother's Day and I came out the shower drying myself and I noticed a puddle on the floor but it wasn't a puddle puddle because why is there a puddle there was no water there like I, I was never wet enough to create a puddle and yeah smell it and I'd wet myself and obviously that's because my body was slowly shutting down um and she literally had to keep that secret because I couldn't understand what was happening and because I couldn't understand it I didn't necessarily even want to talk to my parents to try to explain it because I genuinely didn't know what yeah, was happening what was going on Right. Um, Mother's Day came and I tell you, I acted as normal. My foot actually slipped off the pedals because I drove to the supermarket, came home. It was a whole catastrophe. And this whole time I was going back and forth with Rochelle because I just did not know what was happening. Um, And I tried to uh, I tried to plait my cousin's hair and I started to lose feelings in my finger. And I was just like, what is going on here? Confused. Um, 
so confused. I didn't go to work the Monday. And um, my mum being my mum, she saw my pain. And um, she came home from work. She saw me laying down on the sofa. That's not me. So she was just like, we're going to hospital. I was like, I am not going anywhere. She was like, you need to pack an overnight bag. I was like, no, they're not going to keep me. I'm fine. I'm not going. (laughs) It's just something I'm going through. I'll shake it off. I'll be fine. It's the flu. This is why I feel like this. It's the flu. But when you reflect on it, I was scared. I just didn't realize what I was scared of. Yeah. Um, Got to the hospital and it was a completely different hospital to the one that done my tests. And it took that new hospital near enough four hours for them to get the results. Bearing in mind, it's hospital to hospital. There shouldn't be such a problem. Yeah. Like, why? You guys are all on the same wavelength. What's going on? It's secure emails. So um, I I was a complete cow. Um, I told them that I'd left my seven-year-old at home by himself, that I'm going to call social services on myself because I just wanted to get home. To get out. (sighs) But um, I had to sleep there, obviously, because this was all in the evening. And the next morning, next afternoon, even, even, like my mum came over and she saw me in the bed. And I, won't, I wasn't necessarily lifeless, but I lost a lot of weight because that year took a toll on me. Oh, yeah. Um, and when I look back at that picture in comparison to pictures that I take now, I'm like, where was even the blood in your face? But um, yeah, so the specialist came round and it was about 12 o'clock in the afternoon and he was just like, we've looked at your symptoms that you've come in with. So basically my whole lower half was, I I couldn't do anything. I had no feeling in my lower half. Obviously I was in the early stages of paralysis. Um, And it's so strange because when I say paralysis, people automatically assume that you can't necessarily walk, but there's so many different stages and there's so many different types of paralysis. Yes. Um, But that's, that's a whole different. That's a whole (laughs) different. That's no, that's a good topic to um, later bring up uh, in a a conference to talk about paralysis, because like you said, there are different levels to it because I remember being able to walk but not being able to feel my legs and then I remember not being able to move my legs at all but it was only from the waist down and I was in a wheelchair for about a year they said I would never come out of it I told them let me talk to God right because they do not have the final say at all at all God does so my question to you is how was your family friends uh going through this journey and finding out that you have multiple sclerosis. How did your family and friends, the reaction? Uh, it seems like you had love and support, but what was the reaction all around? Um, right. So initially, I didn't want to tell anybody because obviously I feel like 12 years prior, my brother had got diagnosed. <clears throat> my dad's a pastor. My mom's an evangelist. Called a massive uh, prayer meeting in our front room. All our family and my brother's close friends were there. And we let them know of Daniel's diagnosis. You said your brother has multiple sclerosis as yeah. well? Yeah, my younger brother. Wow. And yes, they say it's not hereditary, but... They do say it's not hereditary. But I've talked to a lot of people who either it's siblings or the last few interviews, their mother had MS. Yeah, there's always some sort of connection. But we're, we're trying to change Google because they can't be yes. misleading and uh, misinforming people for yes. much longer. It's not fair. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I remember that prayer meeting setting and it was so emotional and I didn't want to put people through that anymore. 
So I literally just chose, I think it was maybe 15 people and I called them while I was in the hospital bed. My mum had gone um, and I kind of told them and it was almost like a domino effect because they cried. So I started crying, but I felt like I was crying because I was trying to console them. Yeah. For them. I remember being diagnosed and I didn't have tears at all, but I started having tears when it was even later in the diagnosis when my mom was going on vacation and she didn't want to go because I was going through a flare up. And I Mm -hmm. literally cried because I was like, what would it be like to be a mother of a child that has MS? And I had to think Mm -hmm. about if my daughter or my son had MS, what would my reaction be? And that's when it like just broke in the floodgates and I just started crying like, oh my gosh, that like, that has to be really heavy on her, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, that aspect. So I definitely understand. We continue. Yeah. So I, yeah, I told, and everybody kind of just had the same effect. Like, if you need anything, I'm here, I'm here. And me being me, I was just like, I just need to get out of this hospital bed. I, I just want to understand. Out. Yeah. I just need to Take get out. Home. And literally, and even though obviously my parents came and my son came and I had a few friends that came, everybody knew you cannot cry in front of me, go outside if you want to cry yeah but we're not crying there's no crying my mom actually had to go and sit in the car because it was too we hard it's heavy right so I remember when the specialist said to me like you've got multiple sclerosis because of the journey I'd been on over that whole year and the different times I'd been misdiagnosed and how angry I was with the hospital for not letting me know yeah. I was just like okay cool like what do we do next because I didn't I wasn't really here for the conversation yeah just just what where, where do we go from here where do we yeah, go from here? What from, we let's, let's just get it taken care of whatever let's take care of it and he was just like did you hear me and I was like yeah did you hear me <laughs> what now what are we doing and um it there were so many different stages of even people finding out and even down to the fact like me putting it on Facebook I think it was after nine days and wow. I hadn't necessarily gotten my head around it yet, but wow. I just felt like I kind of needed to. To get it out. Yeah. I felt like that was almost my moment to just be free and express it exactly how I wanted to express it without hearing anybody else's emotions because yes. I was just writing. Yes. And yeah, from then, I, I've i just met so many people with MS and I'm just like there's so many of us yes it is it's there, a lot of us so many of us I think and we outnumber the, healthy people to be honest well this is it we definitely do and it's just been it's been a journey it's been a journey I appreciate 100% a journey I appreciate because I feel like having MS has led me to do things that I may not have done if I was well that's interesting that you said that because my next question is what has this journey taught you mm-hmm. about yourself that you didn't know? Um, I'm stronger than I think. So even when my mental kind of lets me down sometimes, the fact that I still keep pushing, I'm even stronger than what I actually think, than what my brain is even telling me, because I'm not just sitting down on it. I refuse. Yes. I love it. Uh, the, my question next is, what motivates you to keep going and to keep fighting? Um, I would say my son first, 
he Definitely. is strong. Um, and then I would say my brother, sorry, as much as, so my brother is paralyzed from the neck down and he is nonverbal because of different, I don't want to say side effects, but different maybe choices made while on this MS journey. Um, and I feel like whereas he may not have his voice anymore, I now have to have a double voice. I now need to speak for him too. And that's why I advocate so hard because I've got my little brother that is fighting and he can't tell me how hard he's fighting, but I can see how hard he's fighting because he's still here. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Uh, definitely. Uh, that's empowering to be able to be the voice of two and advocate for both of you and speak his truth and for you mm -hmm. to speak his truth. So, um, you started, actually, you didn't start, you wrote a book. And yeah. let's get into this beautiful book from this beautiful journey, Paralysis to Heals. What an amazing title, because it's so funny that your title is Paralysis to Heals, because I laughed and I told my partner, my husband, I said, mm -hmm. I had a bad dream one night and I couldn't see the girl. I couldn't see anything, but I seen her walking in front of me in heels. And yeah. the only reason why I dreamed that she was walking in heels probably is because I can't walk in heels anymore. Okay. So in the dream, I just seen her walking in heels and that was something. So I woke up like, that's it. So you staring at a girl that's walking in heels, <laughs> no face, no nothing. And that's just from the side of MS and, and the effects of what maybe my brain transformed. Cause I'm, I'm literally in my dream. I just see somebody walking across in mm -hmm. heels. So I love paralysis to heal so let's dig into that and tell me about paralysis to heals tell me how you got started tell me what it um what it features and tell me where my kings and queens can go get this book okay so uh paralysis to heals it's literally my journey in this tiny space of time um obviously when i was diagnosed paralysis was part of my symptoms however now I am back in my heels um, yeah. not don't get me wrong it did not happen straight away right um, because it took me a good amount of months to be able to even I can't say fully feel my legs because I still have pins and needles even after six years yeah. um, however I am on proper muscle relaxers that ease the pain a little bit so it allows me to you know be fully functioning walking and so on and so forth but yeah literally from then to now yeah, <laughs> I can't say I'm back 100% because every now and again, my body still reminds me that, hold on, there's still something going on in here. Yes. But for the most part, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm back in there. <laughs> All right, well, what, I know that MS inspired you yeah. to write this book, mm -hmm. but the other inspiration you said is your son. Yeah. I'm a mother too. How, with having a young child, did you introduce this to your child? Okay. So because my brother had already had it. So Johnny was two when my brother started deteriorating quite badly. So he went from being able to maybe go to the shop with Uncle Dan Dan to now having to look at the nurses coming and the carers coming and Uncle Dan Dan's always in bed. Uncle Dan Dan, why are you still so tired? So he had already kind of had an introduction 
But yes. me personally, what I did every time I had a symptom, instead of explaining the broader diagnosis to him, just I would each, say, yeah. go along with each one. Amazing. Yeah. I'd explain what I was um, going through in that moment because oh. he was only seven. So he was still quite young, but he I feel like he grew up quite quickly. But then at the same time, I was having to reassure him that, yes, that's how Uncle Dandan is, but that's not how mummy is. Or that's not how mummy's going to be for the long run. Yes. So it was a journey. It still is a journey, but obviously he's a big boy now. He's still a child, but right. he has Definitely. a lot of understanding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He has a lot more understanding. Um, in terms of inspiration for writing the book, it started off as blogs and it was literally only going to be something that I was reading because I tried counselling and counselling didn't work for me. So I kind of thought, okay, let me try and put it to paper. Mm -hmm. And the blog post, I think I published two. And the feedback that I got from people, while it was all positive, I I kind of got into myself because... The feedback is also including people now asking me questions. And I feel like at the time, maybe I wasn't ready to answer them. Mm. And I know it wasn't coming from a bad place because these were all people that obviously I loved dearly because I was very specific with who I let read it. But then I noticed that the vlogs just got longer and longer. And I was like, okay, cool. This is actually a chapter. Um, This is not just a blog post. Um, and it took me about two years um, because a lot happened. Um, my son lost his dad and that just, that shifted the focus. Yeah. And I was just like, okay, yeah, that's going to have to wait. It's, yeah. We it's always put ourselves on the back burner for our children and definitely in a situation right. like that. Exactly. So I just felt like when I kind of started finding myself and I'll be real with you, I am still finding myself. And maybe that's why I'm not as present on social media, but I'm trying. I'm, I have to get back there um, because at one point I was, yeah, a day wouldn't go past where I wasn't posting. I just want you to be comfortable and allow yourself to have that time because yeah, when you are dealing with this and it's kind of, uh, I know with me, I have primary progressive. So my flare-ups usually not everybody with primary progressive, but my flare-ups usually take me down a notch to a different mm-hmm. level. So mm-hmm. I have to adjust to the new me. Yeah. And I allow myself 48 hours to crowd, pie, pout, cry, pout, bitch, excuse my language, moan about what's not good, what's not great. And then I keep it moving. So mm-hmm. what's interesting to me, is you said, you haven't been present, but I think you need to allow yourself to go through this journey, grieve, mm-hmm. accept you, because when you're putting yourself on the forefront, like we're doing right now, it's not easy. People think that it's easy and, or they just, it, we make it, I had a post where we make it look good. We make it look yeah. easy. We, you know, we look good. We, and that was the, that's why part of my platform is to envision and, and envision is to give uh tangible evident of what is the substance and then I'm probably saying it wrong excuse my articulation but it's to give a visual substance and that's why I wanted to interview you because you are giving rather you're shy rather you're not shy you are giving an empowering vibe you're out here you're walking she did the MS walk 
you're still yeah. advocating for yourself. And I think God delivers us all at different times and you will be back and you will be great and yeah. you will be comfortable in your own skin so that if anything comes your way, God's blocking it and you'll be all yeah. right. So I love I that you keep on going. I appreciate, I appreciate that you keep on going. I appreciate that I receive all of that. And yeah, I'm just grateful for those words. Yeah, I, 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 I know I kind of got off topic to the people who are listening, but I just felt like that was in my spirit to say, um, what advice do you have for somebody who's been recently diagnosed? I remember mm -hmm. in the beginning, you have so many emotions, anger, fear, 12, 12, they say 12 steps to the AA program, 12 steps to walking into MS, maybe. Mm -hmm. What were your, what advice would you give them? Um, just keep going. Even if it feels like you're not doing it how the next person might want you to do it, just keep going. Because you're only as good as your last moment. Like your next day always has to be better than your last day and your future day will be your best. So just keep going. Those are awesome words. Uh, you keep going. You're fighting. Mm -hmm. You're an mm -hmm. advocate. You have wrote a book. You have spoken yeah. up on your cause. You are speaking up for your brother. You are resilient. Can you please give my kings and queens where they can purchase your book and where they can find you on social media? Okay, so you can get my book at www.paralysistoheals.com mm -hmm. and my social media, my personal is miss underscore T3RRI and my charity is at Talks With MS and that's on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, the lot. You can find me somewhere. <laughs> yes. Um, this is my favorite part of the podcast, but before I certify you, are there any words or anything that you would like to say to get on the platform so people can hear your voice? Um, thank you. Thank you to you as one sick bee. Thank you. you to our village. We have got an amazing multiple sclerosis village that people don't even know about. And I just want us to continue to be included inside and outside of our village. Um, all I want is for inclusion because, you know, we're not just, disabled in a particular month or yes. in a particular season we are disabled but we are also able like we're more able than people even know or give us credit for yes. so yeah I just want to say thank you to you thank you to oh. the village that put us together because I yes. don't even know how I found you or how you found me I don't know we're, either we're but look at the connection parts of the world but I'm grateful. I'm happy. I'm appreciative. I've oh. got so much joy. And yeah, you're amazing. This is my favorite part of the podcast. Um, Terry, you are amazing. You went from paralysis to heels. You went through your tough patch. You still are accepting and dealing with this autoimmune disease, which I believe every day is a different day. And like you said, you're always as good as your next day. You are an advocate. You are speaking up not only for you, but you're speaking up for your brother 
who is suffering the same fight and the same battle, but you're putting those words. You are a mother. You're putting your son in front of everything and anything you come through. You put everybody before you. I just want you to know that the definition of one sick bee is a strong individual that fights through or faces unimaginable, undeniable, courageous battles that life throws at you without warning, but you refuse to carry the spirit of brokenness. Terry, it has been my pleasure all the way from the United States of America <laughs> to UK to certify you, Terry, as one sick bee. And God bless you for opening up your heart and coming to speak to me on my podcast. I appreciate Thanks, it. Thank you. And to all my kings and queens, you can find us on social media. You know where to go. To. And until next time, thank you, kings and queens, for listening to One Sick Bee Podcast. Know you question life a couple times, but it's okay, you grown. Know you gotta read between the lines, but it's okay, you on it. Know you got some people in your life that's gonna make you want it. Know you got some people by your side when you look into their eyes. All you ever do is smile, cause they make you worth it. Already know this life ain't perfect, but you gotta work it. You got adapted to the pain, and you got used to hurting. And you're the one that's needed help, you used to offer service. You're not alone, not by yourself, now don't forget that. You're always fighting, always fighting for the get back And you always trying, always grinding and I'm with that You're such a fighter and your strength is where your gifts at You know every day's a fight, but every day you getting up and perform When you think there's nothing left, you gotta know you got more Let's not forget that God sent his strongest soldiers to war yeah. God sent his strongest soldiers to war You know every day's a fight, but every day you getting up to perform And when you think there's nothing left, you gotta know you got more Let's not forget that God sent his strongest soldiers to war yeah. God sent his strongest soldiers to war